ought to open up your mouth right now and declare the goodness of the Lord in this place. Woo! How many of you understand that the word rejoice, if you study the etymology, it literally means joyful again. To rejoice means to get happy all over again. How many of y'all had some good food this weekend? Come on, I need some honest people in the building. Did you have some good food? How many of y'all got some of that good food after Monday, some of your favorite stuff, and put it in the fridge? Anybody else? I got six of y'all. The rest of y'all going to hell on a scholarship for lying. Now, you put it in the fridge on Monday night and forgot all about it. Went about your day, did your thing. And about 9 p.m. on Monday, you opened up the fridge. And there it was all over again. That's kind of what rejoicing is like. Uh, the Lord did the miracle way back when. Uh, but every time I open the door uh, and I think about the goodness of Jesus uh, and all he's done for me, uh, I get excited all over again. Uh, I feel like dancing all over. You ain't even got to cook a meal one more time. Uh, all I got to do is think about I dare somebody to take about 60 seconds uh, on a Tuesday night uh, and just look back over your life uh, and somebody ought to give him a praise uh, over what he did last week. Uh, somebody ought to give him a praise uh, over what he did last year. Uh, somebody ought to give him praise. Come on, rejoice in the Lord. Somebody ought to rejoice in the Lord. I got one more thing to add to that tonight. Look at your neighbor and tell him, neighbor. Tell him if he did it before. I came to declare to you that he can do it again. If you'll praise him for what he's already done, uh, he's about to do it again. Uh, somebody that believes that, uh, give God a praise in this place. When I think about Jesus, what he's done for me, uh, when I think about Jesus, how his face set me free.
what it done for me. When I think about Jesus, I was saved, let me free. Can dance, 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 dance. I can dance, 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 dance. I can dance, dance. rejoicing is that's what rejoicing is if he never does another miracle if he never answers another prayer if he ever does another thing for me he's already done so much hey come on one more time put those hands together and give him a shout of praise in this place praise even on a Tuesday night uh, I gotta praise in the middle of the week high five about eight people on the way to your seat uh, tell them I got it tell them I got it you ought to just ask him a question if you got it let me see you wave your hand if you got it, let me see you leap for joy. I don't know about you, but I got it tonight, baby. I don't know if you got it, but I want you to know I got it tonight. One more time, give him a shout of praise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know it's only Tuesday, uh, but he's already been making a way. Uh, I know it's only Tuesday, uh, but he's already answering my prayers. Uh, I know it's only Tuesday, uh, but he keeps on blessing me. Woo. Hey. Anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord tonight? My God. We'll try it one more time. Shout, tell your neighbor whatever you want to tell him on the way to your seat. Just tell him you look good tonight. If they don't look good, just say it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Call those things that are not as though they already were. Hallelujah. You look good, girl. You look good, sir. Amen. Clap your hands one more time if you thank God for the privilege of being in his house tonight. You can be seated for just a couple of moments. We want to take a brief moment to give a great big welcome to all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord with us. Rock Church, would you help me put your hands together and make some noise? Come on, let's give God a praise for our guests that are here with us at our midweek service. Amen. Amen. We're so grateful to have you in the house of the Lord tonight. And uh, to all of those that are streaming online with us tonight, we're grateful that you tuned in to be a part of everything that the Lord is doing in this place. We are in the middle of some incredible things here at the Rock Church. Amen, somebody. 
Last week, Robert was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Last week, Jasmine was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of her sins. Sunday morning, this place was packed. Uh, Several people received the Holy Ghost in the altars here on Sunday morning. And then this evening before service ever started, Lois was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of her sins. Uh, I think we ought to give God a great big praise tonight for that. Amen. 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 I want to take a a, a quick moment to thank everybody for your help in making Friends and Family Day so successful this weekend. We had an incredible, incredible time. And uh, I think it's probably the best Friends and Family Day that we've ever had. It was uh, just top notch. The organization was excellent. How many of you thank God for our events planning team that does such a great job coordinating? these special events amen to every volunteer and every team member that helped with that thank you thank you thank you what an incredible reflection uh, of of uh, godliness to our neighborhood and our community amen and uh, i want to uh, again remind you what has already been announced tell your neighbor friday june the 10th is rca's graduation It's going to be awesome. And we want everybody to come and support our RCA graduates along with other graduates that will be represented here um, in the the church building that night. It's going to be an incredible time. And how many of you thank God for our Christian school? You don't want to miss the graduation. Our guest speaker will be none other than our very own first lady. Amen, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. Uh, Also, this week uh, on Sunday, Sunday night, um, I I received somebody came and gave me a message on Sunday and uh, asked if I could be somewhere at a certain time. And uh, so Sunday, I I, I drove uh, to the the, the location, the address they told me I needed to be. And um, when I got there, there was all kind of people there. And there was, uh, I said, what's going on here? And there was balloons everywhere and stuff being set up. And, and I walked in and, and, uh, and they said, just, we want you to stand right here. And we want First Lady to stand over here. And later on, pretty soon, they shut the lights off and everybody got quiet. And would you know it, all of a sudden, the doors flung open and there was Brother Preston. Where are you at, Brother Preston? Come on up here, son. <laughs> Woo! And Brother Preston, guess who was with him? There was a young lady with him and a couple of other people. And before I knew it, they had walked down the aisle. I guess they were practicing. 
And when they got down to the end of that aisle and the people moved out of the way, there was a big lit sign that said, marry me. And he got down on his knee. And can you believe it? He asked Sister Raymari if she would marry him. And she said, yes. Come on, Sister Raymari. Would you help me give a resounding applause and a congratulations? Help me congratulate Brother Preston and Sister Raymari on their engagement. Brother Preston, Sister Raymari, I want you to know how proud of you both that I am. I want to thank you for being such a great example a godly example of, of doing things God's way. And I have felt the hand of God upon you both. And I am so excited about everything God has in store for you. We cannot wait. Congratulations. We love you very much. One more time, help me give them a great big hand of congratulations tonight. Stand with me all over the house if you're not already standing. Amen. We have been in the midst of God doing some amazing things here at the Rock Church. Unprecedented revival uh, this past Sunday. Uh, we had many, many, many families out of town uh, traveling for graduations and various other things. And with a large constituency of people out of town, we broke another attendance record on Sunday morning here at the Rock Church. I think we ought to give God a praise tonight. And uh, the Lord is doing some amazing things. To all of our first-time guests that are here tonight, we want you to know that we do not believe it is an accident that you are in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. And we, we pray every week for these services, and we believe that every time we come together under the auspices of God's presence in this house, that the potential for divine intervention is in the building. And I do not believe that tonight is any exception to the rule. I wonder if there's anybody in the building that came expecting something great from God in this place. Come on, did you come expecting something great from God in this house? Amen. It is indeed a, an honor tonight to have someone who is no stranger to this house back with us tonight. It is wonderful to have evangelist uh, Irvin in the building with us tonight. Would you help me give God a great big praise for this incredible, incredible young man. And uh, Brother Irvin, we are so delighted to have you here tonight. And uh, I feel like God's got you like a special ops agent, just dropped you in on a helicopter tonight. And we're grateful for your ministry. We're believing God for great things tonight. If you're hungry for God to do something amazing in your life, would you put your hands together one more time? Come on, give God a great big praise as he comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us tonight. Let the church give him praise in the house. Let the whole church give him praise in the house. Did anybody come with the expectation that God is going to do something in your life tonight? Did anybody come expecting the move of God? You ought to clap your hands. You ought to lift up a shout of praise. We magnify you, oh God. We've come to praise you. We've come to glorify you in this house. 
Praise God. Praise God. What an honor it is to be in this house. One more time. I feel like I'm at home. Amen. I've been running into the saints of Fort Myers all over the country at some conferences and stuff. And I just tell them, man, I can't wait to get back to the rock. Amen. So I'm glad to be here tonight. Last night, I was considering this service, praying about what God wanted to say. And God kept pressing this word into my spirit. And so I believe tonight I've got a word for somebody in the house. And if anybody's just crazy to believe the word of God, then God's going to help somebody in this house. I come to encourage a saint of God tonight that God's going to do something in this house. If you can just believe that God will do it, I'm telling you, your breakthrough is here today. Your victory is here today. Whatever you come for is right here in the house of God. I wonder, can we lift up our hands and ask God to move in this house? God, do a work in this place. God, move all over this house. God, meet the needs of your people, Jesus. We need you in this house. We need you in this house. Praise God. If you would, turn to your Bibles. Esther chapter 2. Esther chapter 2. While you're turning there. Again, let me say what an honor it is to be here. We don't take it for granted. Every service is an opportunity to connect somebody with God. Every service is an opportunity for God to do something great in the house. And so we don't come lightly. I want to give honor to your bishop and his wife. Is anybody excited for your leadership in the house? I don't have to say this because you know, but you guys are a blessed people. Amen. Amen. It's not like this everywhere. Let's get right into the word of the Lord. My family sends their greetings. They are home. They are praying for daddy right now. We're just going to have church tonight. I just feel like I got a word for somebody in this house. Esther chapter 2. We'll begin reading in verse 21 and then we'll skip over to, we'll skip over to Esther chapter 6. Esther chapter 2 verse 21. The Bible says... In those days, while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Bigthan and Teresh, of those who kept the door, were wroth and sought to lay hands on the king Ahasuerus. And the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it to Esther the queen. And Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. And when the inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out, therefore, that they both were hanged on a tree. And it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. If you'll flip quickly, Esther chapter 6, Esther chapter 6, verse 1. The Bible says, on that night could not the king sleep. And he commanded to bring the book of records of the Chronicles. And they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Big Thana and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay hands on the king. And the king said, what honor and dignity has been done to Mordecai for this? Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, there is nothing done for him. And the king said, who is in the court? Now Haman was in, into the outward court of the king's house to speak unto the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he prepared for him. And the king's servant said unto him, Behold, Haman standeth in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. 
So Haman came in and the king said unto him, what shall be done unto the, the, the man whom the king delighted to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, to whom would the king delight to honor more than myself? And Haman answered the king, for the man whom the king delighted to honor, let the raw apparel be brought which the king uses to wear and the horse that the king rideth upon, and the crown royal which is set upon his head. And let this apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array the man with all whom the king delighted to honor, and bring him on horseback through the street of the city, and proclaim before him, Thus shall be done to the man whom the king delighted to honor. Then the king said to Haman, Make haste. And take the apparel, the horse, as thou hast said, and do even so to Mordecai the Jew that sitteth at the king's gate, and let nothing fall of all that thou hast spoken. For just a couple moments, I want to preach to somebody in this house that you've been waiting on God for a long time, that you've been questioning your efforts in the kingdom of God. I want to take a, te a title from verse 1 of chapter 6. The Bible says, On that night could not the king sleep, and he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. I want to preach to somebody tonight on this thought, the book of records, the book of records. Did anybody come with the expectation that God is going to move? I wonder, can you lift up a shout in this house? I wonder, can you lift up your voice right now? Jesus, anoint my lips of clay. I pray, oh God, that you would continue to move in this house, continue to move in this service. God, meet with your people. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let it be acceptable in thy sight. Jesus, you're my strength and my redeemer. I wonder, can you clap your hands all over this house right now? Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. The book of records. Many years after the Babylonian exile of God's people from their land, we understand that some Jews returned to Jerusalem. People like Ezra and Nehemiah who would rebuild the temple and repair the walls. But there were still Jews who did not return to Jerusalem but would be scattered across different provinces of Persia. And there were some who settled in Shushan, the, the capital city of the ancient Persian empire, exiles in a foreign land. And the book of Esther is not like many other books in the word of God. It is a unique book, perhaps a peculiar book. It is one of the only books that does not make mention of God. And many have questioned the validity and its place within the word of God. But although there is no mention of God in the text we no doubt see his work throughout the pages of Esther and God was and is intentional about his word and this book appears in the pages of the word of God for a reason because we serve a God that doesn't make mistakes and if it's in the book then we need to read it and God's got a word for us in the book of Esther and so don't be dismayed or don't be disquieted that this, this book does not contain God because God is all throughout the book and as the story goes the king dismissed 
the queen from her position and now he was on a search for his new queen and they would begin to gather young ladies from all the provinces of his kingdom and from those young ladies he would find a queen and the Bible would then introduce a certain Jew, a man whose name was Mordecai and Mordecai had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity of Babylon and with him was a lady by the name of Esther, his cousin who he raised as a daughter and the Bible says that Esther was also brought to the king's house and Esther was chosen to be the queen. The Bible says that the king loved her above all the women and he set the royal crown upon her head but Esther Mordecai commanded and didn't reveal that she was a Jew. Esther chapter 2, stay with me, we're going somewhere. The Bible says in our text, in those days while Mordecai sat at the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Bigthane and Teresh, of those who kept the door were wroth and sought to lay hands on the king. And the thing was known to Mordecai who told it to Esther the queen and Esther certified the king in Mordecai's name. And when inquisition was made of the matter it was found out therefore that they both were hanged on a tree and it was written in the book of the chronicles before the king but there was a man there was an adversary opposition if you would to the people of God a man by the name of Haman the enemy of God's people and Haman hated Mordecai the Jew and the Jews and right after the good deed of Mordecai the Bible says that Haman was promoted and advanced and his seat was above all that were in the kingdom and Haman would stand against the people of God and let me stop for just a minute and let you know that there's always going to be somebody standing against the people of the most high God there is always going to be an enemy of God's people there's always going to be an adversary there's always going to be opposition to the kingdom and the plan of God there's always going to be somebody standing in the way of God's people this adversary that comes against the people of God his name was Haman and he hated Mordecai and he hated the Jews and he wanted to throw them off their course. He wanted to stop them from being in the land. Haman was sick and tired of Mordecai and Haman was sick and tired of the Jews and Haman wanted him, them to bow down to him and all the king's servants were commanded to bow down to the man Haman. But Mordecai said, oh king, live forever, but I'm not going to bow. He he said you can set a decree in the earth that I've got to bow down but as for me and my house I'm going to serve the Lord oh king live forever but I'm not going to bow down I wonder in 2022 is there anybody that says I'm not going to bow down to the world I'm not going to bow down to the adversary but what causes a man to be in a position against grave opposition and to make a stand for something and to say that I will not bow down. What causes a man to say that in the face of my adversity, in the face of the opposition, in the face of everybody else that's bowing down, what causes a man to be able to stand in the face of his adversary, to be able to stand in the face of his enemy? What causes a man to do this? A man has to know who he is. 
And he has to have his identity in check. And you've got to, I'm telling somebody right now, you've got to have a strong foundation to stand on. Because when the winds of the enemy get to blowing, and they are blowing. When the winds of the world get to blowing, and they are blowing. Everything that can be shaken, will be shaken. And everything that can be moved, will be moved. But I wonder if I got an apostolic in Fort Myers on a Tuesday night that'll say, I'm I'm not going to bow down to the enemy. I'm not going to bow down to the adversary. The only one that I'm going to bow to is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You got to have a strong foundation. You got to have a strong base. You got to have a position that when the enemy comes up against you and he starts to press up against you and he's trying to find what will they fall for. You got to have a position that says, I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be shaken. I'm going to build my house on a sure foundation. I'm going to build my house on a rock, and I'm not going to bow down to the enemy. That's easy to say until you're faced with opposition. The measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of convenience or in moments of ease. But the true measure of a man is where he stands in the face of adversity. It's where he stands when everything is pressing up against him. It's where he stands when the enemy comes knocking at his door. It's one thing to be in the house of God and giving praise with everybody else when the enemy comes. And it's easy to shout, it's easy to dance, and it's easy to stand. But when you're in your midnight hour all by yourself, you got to get something down in your spirit that says, I'm not going to bow, I'm not going to bend, I'm not going to break. You have to have your identity in check and you've got to know who you are. You can't let the enemy come to you and tell you who you're going to be. You've got to make it up in your mind on a Tuesday night that I'm going to stand for truth, that I'm going to stand for the gospel, that this is the way and I'm going to walk in it. Ain't no devil in hell going to move me off my post. Ain't no devil in hell going to make me bow down to the enemy. I wonder if I got somebody that's willing to stand up on a Tuesday night. But Haman, it made him furious that Mordecai wouldn't bow as he stood in the king's gate. And all of the people, that, the servants that were with him, all of them would ask, is today the day that you're going to bow? Why don't you just give up? Why are you fighting so hard? You just need to lay it all down on the side. But the devil is a liar. I've come to preach hope. I've come to preach victory. I've come to let you know that you just got to stand till you can't stand anymore. And if you get knocked down, you got to get back up again. Rejoice not against me, oh mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be light unto me. I wonder, is anybody in this house got a spirit that says, I'm not going to bow. I'm going to stand in the... We find men 
and the word of God, especially in the time frame that we're preaching about in this, this Babylonian exile, this exile where everybody's away from their land and everybody has moved from their normalcy and everybody's in the position where they're serving another kingdom. And we read about three Hebrew boys by the name of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the Bible says that the king would erect a golden uh, image. And he says, this is what we're going to do. We're going to dedicate the golden image. We're going to bring it in front of the people. And we're going to call for all of the people to come. And when all of the people come, we're going to play the music. And when we play the music, then everybody's got to bow down. So they play the music. And most of the congregation bowed down. But there was three that got an attitude like I'm preaching today that said, oh, king, live forever, but I'm not going to bow. And somebody called and said, king, they're not bowing down. Everybody else bowed down, but there were three that are in the back Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, some of the people that you just promoted, these people, they will not bow down. And so the king walked over to him. He said, you know what we're going to do? I like you guys. You know what we're going to do? I'm going to give you another chance. He said, roll the track. And they play the music. And they stand. And you think, man, there's a lot of pressure at this moment because the decree said that if we don't bow down, then we're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And there's pressure here. This is not just an ordinary decision. This is a decision that's a matter of life and of death. And you got these three boys that's got a resolution in their spirit. And they say, you know what? God can save us from the fiery furnace. But this is the type of attitude that you have to have. Because that's not all it says. They says, but if they say, but if he does not, we're still not gonna bow down. We're talking about people who were away from everything that they known. We're talking about people who stood in the face of adversity and they said, you know what? I'm not going to bow down. I'm not going to bend the knee. I'm not going to bow down. You've got to get that in your spirit today. you got to let the enemy know I'm not going to bow down. you got to let the adversary know I'm not going to bow down. Oh, king, live forever, but I won't bow. We know the story, they get thrown into the furnace with bands on them. King looks in and he said, what is going on here? He said, these men are loosed. And I thought we cast in three, but I see four and the fourth one's like the son of man. Every man's bands are loosed. 
The Bible says that they went through the fire and they didn't even smell like smoke. I'm here to preach to somebody today and let you know you may be going through the fire right now. You may be going through a difficult time right now, but you're going to get through on the other side if you just trust and believe that God is able, but you've got to stand up before you know the outcome and you've got to say, I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to break. I'm not going to bow. I wonder if somebody can come Clap your hands all over this house right now. You got to get a sure foundation. You've got to get some leverage. you got to be able to stand in a place where when the enemy comes and starts pushing up against you, because what happens is he's just trying to figure out where he can get in. He's trying to figure out where he can push you, because if you give up a little bit, then he's going to take a lot. And so you got to say, I'm not giving up an inch. I'm not... I read in the Bible that there's only one that every knee is going to bow to and every tongue is going to confess. And I've come to tell somebody today, you've been spending time bowing down to everything else. Why don't you give Jesus a try? Why don't you try the master? Why don't you try the savior? Why don't you try Jesus? Praise God. And this back and forth between Mordecai and Haman would escalate and Haman would be full of wrath and Haman would order the Jews to be killed and get the king to sign the decree that at the appointed time all the Jews would be destroyed without the king understanding his own wife the queen was a Jew without him knowing that there are good people around him that are Jews and he would sign this decree and they would send it to every province in Persia and when Mordecai found out the Bible says that he put on sackcloth and ashes and went into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry and there was great mourning in every province that heard of the decree and Esther was told that her people would soon die and she sent word to Mordecai asking what shall I do what do I need to do and Mordecai answered and said you should go unto the king and make supplication unto him for the people and Esther began to explain the protocol. You don't understand, Mordecai. You don't understand. There is a law that states if I go in unto the king and he doesn't hold out his golden scepter, that I can die. And so this is a difficult situation. This is a matter of life and death. This has the potential to go wrong. And Mordecai begins to urge Esther not to hold her peace. And then he says the famous phrase or the scripture, who knows whether you are come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And somebody has to understand the times that we're living in. You've got to stand up and say, I won't be quiet any longer. I've got to fight for the truth. I've got to fight for the gospel. I've got to fight for what's right. Then Esther replied, go gather all the Jews that live in Shushan and fast for me. She says, don't eat or drink for three days and I and my maidens also will fast after and then I will go 
unto the king. And she had a resolution in her spirit. She had got to the place where it didn't matter what happened. There was too much at stake. And with fear and trepidation, she would say these words, if I perish, I perish. And when you get that type of attitude in your spirit, then it's not just about self, but I've got a kingdom to save. And I've got people to save. And I'm stepping in the... Mordecai did all Esther commanded him and so Esther put on the royal apparel and with fear and trepidation she had to walk into the king's court and with fear and trepidation because here's the thing God hasn't given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind and perfect love cast out all fear but every man that stands here today and said that he's never had fear is a liar. And if you're put in this situation then you're probably thinking it out a little bit longer. But she had something that we call courage. And one man said it like this. He said, courage is not the absence of fear, but it is the understanding and the, and the knowledge that there is something that I'm fighting for that is greater than my fear. She understood, I may be afraid right now, but I'm fighting for a good cause. I may be, I may be afraid, I may have fear, I may have trepidation, but I'm fighting for the Lord right now. You just got to have some courage sometimes. You may be afraid, but you take it a step further and say, even though I'm afraid and even though I know that God won't, won't leave me in this place, there's still some trepidation, but I'm going to step into the realm of courage and I'm going to walk it out and I'm going to say, if I perish, I perish. I'm just going to do the will of God. I'm just going to do the things of God. I'm just going to follow the plan out. The kingdom is at stake. And she stood in the inner court of the king, and the king sat on his throne. And when he saw her, he held out his gold scepter, and Esther touched the top of the scepter. Esther chapter 5 and verse 3, then said the king unto her, what would thou, Queen Esther, and what is thou request? It shall be even given thee to have of the kingdom. And Esther answered, if it seem good unto the king, let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, call Haman to make haste that he may do as Esther uh, hath said. And so the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, what is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? Even to the half of the kingdom it shall be performed. And then Esther, uh, and then answered Esther and said, my petition and my request is, if I have found favor in the sight of the king and if it please the king to grant my petition and to perform my request let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I should prepare for them and I will do tomorrow as the king has said then when Haman forth that day joyful and with a glad heart but when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate that he stood not up nor moved for him he was full of indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman refrained himself 
And when he came home, he sent and called for his friends and Zeresh, his wife. And Haman began to tell them all about himself. I've been risen up above everybody in the kingdom. He started to get haughty. He started to get high-minded. He started to get to a place where he knew he was untouchable. He said, there's nobody that's greater than me. The queen is having a banquet. And can you believe it? I'm the only one except the king that's able to go. Me. He said, it's all about me, me, and did I mention me? He said, I'm the only one that's called to the banquet. And then he says, yet all disavaileth me nothing. So long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. And then said Zeresh his wife and all his friends unto him. Let a gallows be made of 50 cubits high. And tomorrow speak thou unto the king that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. And then uh, go thou in merrily with the king unto the banquet. And the thing pleased Haman and he caused the gallows to be made. Exodus chapter 6 at our text. But the Bible says, on that night. On that night. Not last week. Not next week, but on that night. The Bible says, could not the king sleep? And he commanded him to bring the book of records of the chronicles and they were read before the king there came a night there came a night when the king couldn't sleep a night when the king lay tossing and turning a night when the king lay restless he was trying to find a place of rest he was trying to find a place of sleep but though God is not mentioned in the text here we see God and the providence of God's will moving itself within this story he said there was a night that the king couldn't sleep and he said, you know what I want you to do? Sometimes they would play music and sometimes they would do other things. But this night, God was writing a script. Yeah. He said, I want you to go and get the book of records. And he said, I want you to read it to me. And the providence of God for them to go and get the book and for them to land on the story of Mordecai. The providence of God for them to go and God to remind the king that there was something that you left undone. That there's a man in your kingdom that I want to take care of right now. I'm going to bring up Mordecai's name before the king. The king's going to lay tossing and turning and he's not going to be able to sleep tonight. And they begin to read. They begin to read of the good deed of the man Mordecai. And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, has there been anything done for this man? And they said, nothing has been done for the man Mordecai. And at that time, Haman was coming into the, into the court. And the king said, who is in the court? 
And they said, it's Haman. And he said, cause Haman to come here. He's going to be able to help me out with this. Call him in. And he called Haman in. And he said, there is a man here in the kingdom that I delighted to honor. And he said, Haman, I need your help right now. He said, what should I do to, to honor the king that the man delighted to honor? What should I do? And Haman said, who else could he be talking about except for me, me, and did I mention me? There's nobody else in the kingdom that he's talking about. He's definitely not talking about my enemies. He's definitely not talking about the people that bow down to me. You see, they're too low. He's talking about Haman right now. And so let me tell you what I would want. He said, I want you to go and get the king's apparel that he wears and put it on his back. He said, I want you to get the horse that the king rides on. And then he said, I want you to get the crown royal that the king wears. And I want you to put it on his head. He was thinking that God was planning a party for him. He said, this is what I would want you to do for me. And then he said, you got to get one of the king's top princes. And I want you to go and let him array him in the, in the king's apparel, put the crown royal on his head, and put him on horseback and take him through the city so that he can be honored among all the people. He said, put, it on, put him on horseback. Doesn't it sound like Satan? But we saw Satan fall like lightning. And little did you know, that your God would make your enemy your servant. We serve a God that knows how to put the pieces together. We serve a God that knows how to cause the king not to be able to get any sleep. And he lay tossing and turning. But God was thinking about his people. God was thinking about Mordecai. God was thinking about the Jews. God said, I'm about to turn this story on his head. And Haman had no idea. Haman had no idea. My God, I love the word of God. And the king said, everything that you said, you're one of my top princes. Everything that you said, he said, I want you to do all of it and don't leave anything out. He said, but here's the thing. I want you to do all of that for Mordecai. I just come to preach to somebody right now and let you know that it's been a long time that you've been walking in your situation and you've been waiting and waiting and waiting on God. But God's going to cause the king to not get any sleep and God's going to call for the book of records to be opened up in the house on a Tuesday night. You've been faithful. You've been true and you've done all you can do. But it's your time. It's your time. God's going to bless you. And here Haman is dragging around Mordecai on horseback 
throughout the city. How you like me now? My goodness gracious. My boy. He's taking them around on horseback because the God that you serve will make your enemy your servant. Stop. Stop fighting against your enemy. Let the Lord fight your battles. Stop worrying about what your adversary is doing. God's going to work it out. God's going to work it out. We get so entangled with the battles of this life. And we get into fights and we get into arguments with our enemy. But when you just let God do it, when you just let God do it, don't do anything wrong. Say, I'm not going to bow down, but I'm not going to touch Haman. But God's going to work it out. And little did you know that your enemy will become your servant. And he'll be dragging you around on horseback throughout the city. God knows how to work it out. God knows where you're at. You just got to remain dragging them around on horseback. The providence and the hand of God has turned this story on his heel. But what, what, what Mordecai didn't even understand at this moment, he didn't know it was coming to him. He wasn't worried about it probably. Oftentimes, people do good things and then they just say, look, it's just for the kingdom. But if he was worried about it, some scholars say that a, a, a act like that, something that Mordecai did would be rewarded speedily. It would be rewarded right away. But some scholars would say that it was about five years Until the king couldn't sleep. I come to preach to tell somebody, stop worrying, worrying about how God's going to pay you back. Here's what we learn about Mordecai. The Bible says that there was a favorite place that Mordecai liked to hang out. Mordecai, the Bible says ten times. In the text that we read today. That there was a certain place that Mordecai liked to hang out. And it was in the king's gate. And guess what? This is what, this is what I'm trying to get across tonight. This one thing. That the reason that God did this for the Jews and for Mordecai specifically is because of his faithfulness. This is how you know, this is how you know. After he was exalted above the whole city, guess what he went after? Back to the king's gate. I just come to preach to somebody for just a minute that when you do your good deed and when you're elevated, when you get the job, when you get the car, when you get the promotion, you better get back to the house of God. Don't forget where you come from, Mordecai. God can... We find Mordecai back in the king's gate and Mordecai was back at his post. I'm talking to a young preacher right now that you preach your best sermon and everybody was excited. You got to get back to the prayer room. You got to get back. You got to get back to the drawing board. God's going to do some more things for you, but you got to stay faithful. 
You were elevated above the people. You sung your solo on a Sunday night. But when you get done, go back to the king's gate. When you go back to the king's gate, it's there in that place where you remember what it was like to have fear and trepidation that your people were going to be wiped away. It was in the king's gate when you were worrying about how God was going to make it happen and you prayed to God and you were faithful to your prayer. But the question is, what are you going to do when you're, you're riding around on a horse and everything is looking right and everything is looking up? Will you go back to the king's gate? Will you go back to the king's gate? Will you remain faithful in the face of your adversary? Harry, would you remain faithful and not let pride get a hold of your spirit? You just got to stay faithful. But what happens is that people, when they do a good deed and they're not rewarded right away, They get frustrated with God. What's the use of me going to prayer? God's not answering my prayer. What's the use of me being involved in ministry when nothing's happening right now for me? What's the use of me coming to the house of God when my family is falling apart? What's the use of me living for this God that's supposed to be all powerful when there's no power in my life? What's the use? What's the use? What's the use? But I come to preach to somebody on a Tuesday night that you just got to stay faithful. You just got to stay faithful to the house of God. You got to stay faithful to the man of God. You got to stay faithful. What's the use of me giving up this, giving up that, refraining from this, refraining from that when everybody else is living their life and they seem to be blessed? David said, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, my foot had well not slipped. But that's why you can't miss a church service. That's why you got to get back to the house of God so you can understand where that ends up. I've come to preach to somebody. I just want to preach a simple thing to you tonight that you just got to stay faithful. You just got to get back in the king's gate. You just got to get back to where you were before everything got better. was faithful to his post he found him in the king's gate we read about Daniel Daniel chapter 6 when everybody the Bible says the Bible says that when he was one of the top guys and he was beginning to be elevated above everybody and then jealousy snuck in and the people that were around him, they tried to find a place where he was messing up they tried to find a place where they can accuse him of something and one of them said, we're not going to be able to find anything on him. Except for the way that he prays to his God. Paraphrasing. And so they said, why don't we make a decree 
that says anybody that calls on another God and not the king, let him be thrown into the lion's den and make sure that the decree can't be reversed. And this decree is in the land. And Daniel knows about it, no doubt. And the Bible says that Daniel opened the window as was his custom. That, that means that that's just what you do all the time. That means I don't just pray when I need something from God. That means I don't just pray when I got to preach. That means I don't just pray when it's my time to sing a solo. I'm telling somebody that you just got to be faithful and let God work it out for you. And they found Daniel somewhere. They found him in the same place that he's always at. They found him in his prayer room. And Daniel didn't close the window. The Bible says that he opened up the window. He said, I'm not trying to show out. I'm just doing what I always do. I'm not trying to boast. I'm just doing what I always do. Oh, king, live forever. But I've got to pray to my God. Oh, king, live forever. But I'm not going to bow the knee to anybody but the one that sits on the throne. Can I find you faithful? I know this for surety. Because we're not shallow in this house. Your bishop, he appreciates talent and ability. But you know what he's looking for a lot more? I just want to know can you be faithful? Can you show yourself a pattern of good works? When we go to the record book and we begin to read the pages of your account, am I going to find one that's faithful? Am I going to find somebody that does it all the time? This is just what they do. They're going to be at the house of God. We don't have to worry about them. This is just their lifestyle. This is just the way that they live. And I'm telling you that if you keep on being faithful, God won't let the king sleep that night. And he's going to go and call for the book of records to be open in front of all the people. And he's going to read the book of records. And he's going to say, here is another faithful saint of God. Here is is another faithful saint of God. They know how to pray. They know how to fast. They know how to get in the Holy Ghost. Can you be faithful? He said, if you're faithful over a few things, I'll make you ruler over many. You know what's crazy about where we're going? Because what happens with this whole scenario is that people want to be rewarded right now. Right? And so if I, if I do a good deed and my good deed is not rewarded right away, then I get frustrated with God and I get frustrated with the man of God because he's not noticing me. And I get frustrated with the people of God because this thing that I did was so good that God should have done something for me. But God is all about his timing and he just wants to know if I never do anything else for you, can you stay faithful? If I never answer another one of your prayers, can you stay faithful? If I never do another miracle, can you stay faithful yeah. 
so what we have to do is shift our perspective. Because God will bless his people. We will be blessed. But we're not fighting for what's down here. We're fighting for an eternal crown. And I want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I just want to be faithful. Whether I preach or not, I just want to be faithful. I just want to be found a pattern of good works. I just want to be somebody that God can depend on. I just want to be somebody that God knows where I'm at. I'm not wavering left. I'm not wavering to the right. I'm not looking behind me or looking forward. I'm just going to stand still. I'm just going to be what God has called me to be. And we're fighting for this eternal crown. And we're waiting to hear, well done, our good and faithful servant. And that's what we're looking for. But we get so frustrated because we give up this and we give up that. And we live this type of lifestyle. And you call it a sacrifice. But when you switch it up and start calling it worship, then you look at what you do a little bit different. You don't say, I have to do this. You say, I get to do this. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad that I had the opportunity. I thank God for his grace. I thank God for his mercy. And for that, I owe him my life. I owe him my worship. I owe him my praise. When you get to that place where you just have this resolution in your spirit, I just want to be faithful. I just want to be one of the few that's found faithful. One of the few where God says, I can put the kingdom on his shoulders. I can do something in him. I can work with him, not because of his talent, not because of his ability, but because he just keeps on showing up. He just keeps on praying the prayers. He just keeps on doing what he's supposed to do. We just got to stay faithful on a Tuesday night. I wonder, can you clap your hands and give God praise right now? There will come a point in time when God will remember. To remember is to bring to mind or to think of again, to retain in the memory. Genesis 8 and 1, God remembered Noah, caused the waters to recede. Genesis 30 and 20, God remembered Rachel, conceived a baby by the name of Joseph Exodus chapter 2 and 24, he heard the cry of the Israel slaves and he remembered the covenant. Acts chapter 10 and verse 31, he heard the cry of Cornelius and he sent a man by the name of Peter. I believe that God goes to the book and it's not about when we want God to go, but I think that God knows the perfect time that he's got to show up at the book. You got to understand God's timing is perfect. 
And if he came when you wanted him to come, it would have been the wrong time. And the story would have been all messed up. Because when we get our hands in the story, then we begin to mess up the book of records. But we just got to get our hands off the story and let God write the story. Let God work it out. Let God do the details. Let God work it out. It's Joseph who at every stage, he could have given up. He could have walked away. He could have said, I've been faithful and I'm in a pit. I've been faithful and I'm in Potiphar's house. I've been faithful and now I find myself in a prison. I just need to walk away. I just need to abort the process. But I've come to just preach to a faithful saint of God right now. That when you let God work it out, then you're going to have everything that you need at the appointed time. Bible says that the butler and a baker come into the prison and the answer, he interprets the dreams and the butler's the one that's going to keep his life and he tells the butler he tries to intervene in the story that God was writing and he said don't forget about me I've done a good deed do not forget it when you get back to Pharaoh's house don't you forget make sure that you tell him everything that I did make sure that you tell him I interpreted the dreams it's time for me to get up out of this place but God understood what needed to happen and I believe that God probably erased it from the butler's mind because when he got back to Pharaoh's house he didn't say a word about it you can't tell me that's God because if God just saved my life or somebody just saved my life then I'm going to tell you all about it I'm going to let you know how I was on my way to a devil's hell but God calls them to keep quiet because the timing went right I just want to preach to somebody right now that when you've been walking faithfully I'm talking to a faithful saint of God that you haven't seen the, 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 the repay for what you've been doing. The times when you bend your knee down to pray and nobody's watching. The times when you go to Sunday school class and you're teaching kids and there's no notoriety. I'm telling you, don't, don't despise the day of small things because those small things become big things. And you're looking at somebody that was in somebody's Sunday school class. And I'm thankful for Sunday school teachers. I've come to preach to somebody that all you do is clean the church and God sees that and you've got the best audience in the world and it's an audience of one you just gotta stay faithful you just gotta stay faithful I'm talking to the one that you've been coming to church time and time again but you still feel like you're struggling in your finances God is faithful. And God, while you're praying your prayer, while you're crying your tears, the Bible says that he bottles up your tears and he writes it in a book. And while you're crying your tears and while you're praying your prayers, you serve a God that's over there keeping good books. You serve a God that doesn't forget anything. You serve a God that can write it down and remember. And one day, one day, the king won't be able to sleep and he's going to call for the book of records and they're going to read your account. It's time for you to be blessed. It's time for you to have victory. It's time for you to walk and what is God has called you to walk in today? Jesus. 
same time, you're just staying faithful. And you're stacking it up one after another and one after another. And you're saying, God, it doesn't matter if I see it in this life. I just want to have a crown because there's another book that's more important than your account. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. And I thank God that my name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I thank God that he saved my soul from a devil's hell. I was on my way to a devil's hell, but God stepped in right on time. And for that, I owe God everything that I have. I just got to stay faithful. I got I gotta stay committed. I gotta do the things that God has called me to do. Don't get frustrated with God's timing because God's timing is perfect timing. And you might think that you need it right now, but God needed five years to pass. And for Joseph, it was two years. That he sat there stewing on what had happened with that butler day after day that goes by. He's probably saying, where is that butler? He was my ticket out of here. He should have been told Pharaoh what I did for him. It's time for me to get out of here. But there was some growth and development that had to happen in the process of time. And then God said, you know what? I feel like it's a good time. And God pulled out the book of the records. And God said, I'm going to go and I'm going to Make the king not sleep. Bible says that Pharaoh dreamed a dream. And he woke up. And I'm sure he's thinking, what just happened to me? And it was right here where the hand of God started moving in the story. And God started bringing Joseph. I'm preaching to a Joseph right now that you feel like God has forgot you in your prison. You feel like God has forgot you in your midnight hour. But it's late in the midnight hour that God can turn it around. It's late in the midnight hour that God turns it around and he causes the king to not get any rest. I'm telling you, if you're at your midnight, it's time for the king to sleep. But I've got a news flash for you on a Tuesday night that tonight the king won't be able to sleep the king's gonna remember your name the king's gonna remember your story and God's gonna turn the page right where it needs to be turned and he's gonna open up the book and he's gonna remember everything that you've been doing that it's all about motive it's all about motive. I just want to be Christian. And so if I'm Christian, a good deed is just the way that I live. And so what happens is there is this compounding effect of living a life that is Christ-like. And you're not even thinking about it, but God keeps good books. And he never forgets. And he's going to remember you at the appointed time. And there's going to be blessing upon blessing that drops on you out of nowhere. I've come to preach to somebody just to remind you. Just keep on doing the things of God. Just keep on staying faithful. Just keep on doing what God told you to do. God's going to work it out in his season. They come to the music right now. I'm almost done preaching. 
But there are some people under the sound of my voice that you don't necessarily like what the record says about your life. There are some people that you say, man, my record is bad. Why don't you just put the book away? Because I've got some things that I don't want anybody to know about. I've got some things down in that record book that I don't want anybody to remember. I've got some things down in that record book. The record book says I was a liar. The record book says I was a cheater. The record book says I was a drug addict. The record... My But I read in the word of God where by your response, you have the ability to alter the book. Praise God. The Bible says, come, let us reason together. He says, though your sins be as scarlet, he says, I'll make them whiter than snow. And David, David, David said it just like this. After his sin with Bathsheba, after the record of how he took another man's wife and caused the man to be killed, after that account that was written down in the record book, David said, God, I know you have all power. God, blot out. He said, blot out my transgressions. My sin is ever before me. He said, created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. I'm telling somebody right now that you, you, you get frustrated sometimes because you know you made mistakes and you know you've messed up and you know that God keeps good records and you know he's writing it all down in a book. But God gives us an understanding and an understanding that says that I will remember their sins no more. If you don't hear anything else I say, I want you to hear this. We serve a God that will remember when everybody forgets. But on the converse, we also serve a God that'll forget what everybody else remembers. And when they come back and say, you shouldn't be praising God. You're a liar. You're a cheater. God says, no, 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 no. His sins I will remember no more. Though he be as scarlet, I shall be whiter than snow. Blot out my transgressions, oh God. I wonder, can somebody get a hold of what I'm preaching right now? I wonder, can somebody just reach up and grab that right now? That you got to get rid of that past. Don't worry about what you've been through. It's about what God has taken you. I wonder, can somebody lift up your hands right now in this sanctuary? He said their sins I will remember no more but we so hard on ourselves that even when God forgets we want to bring it into our present reality but I thank God for the blood 
that washes my sins away. I thank God that I was able to be baptized in Jesus' name and all of my sins were washed away. I thank God that he filled me with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling somebody in this house, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you ought to be baptized. If you never received the Holy Ghost tonight, tonight is your night. The kings hadn't been able to sleep. God's going to remember you tonight. Right now, all over this house, I want somebody to just be sensitive. I wonder, can we just lift up our hands right now? I believe God's doing something special in this house right now. Somebody just be sensitive right now. Let's just wait on God for just a minute. I've come to tell this church right now that you've been faithful. You've been faithful. You've been faithful. You've been faithful. You've opened up your doors. You brought people into the kingdom of God and you think God has forgot, but God sent me here on a Tuesday night to let you know the king is not going to get any sleep and God is going to bring to remembrance the Rock Church of Fort Myers and God is going to do something for this church that's never been done before. But I wonder if I got somebody that'll just believe it I wonder if I got somebody in the house that'll reach up and grab it right now I wonder if I got somebody right now that'll say it's mine come on somebody go ahead and press in go ahead and pray all over the house go ahead and press into what you feel God's moving God's working right now